When it comes to food, something I care deeply about are nutrition and mental health. I truly believe it's up to the individual what they consume. But here's what I do. I can guide you as someone who has studied nutrition to the best food for the diet that you're eating. But because I lived through being told what I needed to do based on my skin color, I will never tell you, you can't eat a food. But I will say, hey, could you eat less of this? Can we add more of that? and balance it up for you so that it's best for your mental health. All right, everyone, welcome to my favorite show, Heal Thyself, and hopefully yours. Uh, what a great show we have. You know, a few months ago, well, probably a year ago, I did a show with Dr. Uma Naidu. She's a nutritional psychiatrist. And if you recall the first episode, which went really, really, really big and well-received in the community, it was about how certain foods that we're eating are affecting our anxiety levels and what foods can we eat to reduce anxiety levels, but also overall mental health. Because it's not a surprise. We know that foods can affect our mental health. Well, she goes over very specific ones, how to eat them, how often to eat them. So it was a really good show. Today we're getting part two, and part two is going to be added and more expansive. We're going into more topics. We're getting into the nitty-gritty, and it's going to be really important because guess what? All of you hopefully eat food every day. So we want to make the right decisions on which ones to eat. So we're going to learn what are the most important foods and the different conditions that these foods can affect. What does a really good plate look like? What should be the standard that you're looking for when you're designing your plate day to day? How should it look, right? And what's a starting point? What's the link between anxiety and our metabolism? We go a little bit more into that, how what we're eating affects our metabolism that can affect our anxiety. And also, how do we know when our metabolism is off? It's not just you're gaining weight. There's a lot of other cardinal signals that are being shown in the body before we gain weight. So we want to make sure we catch those early on. Really important. We talk about one of my favorite topics ever, dark chocolate, but we learn about the benefits and how to shop for it. And also we learn about how to use the gut microbiome in order to reduce stress and improve our mental health. How do we optimize those bacteria? What are the very specific foods that we need to be eating? How many times a day? We're going into that nitty gritty as well. How sugar can affect your gut and the beauty, the skin, the radiance, the glowing, the skin issues, all very important. How we can heal ourselves with food. It's going to be a really, really, really good one. If you know her work. She's very evidence-based. She's giving us the, the newest, newest updates on all the stuff that we need to be doing. I can't wait to get this episode. So relax. Or maybe if you're cleaning up your house or maybe doing something, put up the volume. You're one going to have a notebook right by you so you can run and just take some notes or maybe you take them on your phone because this is going to be one that you're going to be always referring to. So get ready and enjoy. All right, everyone, we have a very special guest. Did you listen to the first episode with Dr. Uma Naidu? Because if you haven't, after this one, I want you to go back and listen to that one. You got to listen to both. Because when we talk about a wealth of nutritional information, she's a nutritional psychiatrist. This is important to understand. Because now we're understanding how food is totally, totally influencing your mental health. We talked about anxiety, we talked about depression, we talked about just the state of overall mental health and the foods that are gonna help you get there. Now we're getting deeper. She's got this new book coming out, Calm Your Mind with Food. And we're gonna learn about the most important foods for different conditions. 
It's a, it's, it's a powerful, fascinating book, but more than anything, I love this woman's energy. And she is back. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Dr. G. I love your energy. I love to talk with you. That's why I came back. Doc, you always have an open heart. You always have this. You, I can feel that you're doing your work from your heart. Thank you. This is the most important thing. And this is why people are taking to you, of course. We have this little secret sensor that we can feel when people are from their heart or from their mind. I think I should be doing this. True. You come from the heart. Thank you. I got a question coming from my heart that I want to ask you. <laughs> okay? We're going to shake it up. Okay. Is the best diet vegan or is the best diet carnivore? Oh, my goodness. Dr. G, you are putting me on the spot, but you know what? I like it. I like it because I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been thinking about the struggles that my clients come in with and what I hear even on social media with questions. I'm going to share my position. I am... Um, a lifelong vegetarian, because my family happened to be vegetarian. I'm married to someone who eats anything. I cook anything as a chef. I was trained to cook anything. I just don't consume it. But that belief system comes from how I was raised. It's not a judgment of the food. But as I've worked on myself in my own therapy, and as I've come to terms with my own life, my own traumas, one of the things that I have uncovered is that I care deeply about food equality and food autonomy. And and let me share what I mean about that, and I will answer your question. I grew up, before I moved to study in Boston, I grew up in South Africa, um, Indian family, but grew up in apartheid, and lived through segregation on based on the color of my skin. And when you're a child, you don't really understand why you can't go to certain theme parks, you can't go to certain places, because it's the color of your skin. You ask your parents, they protect you as best they can. And when I moved away and and began to study, I realized that not having autonomy to decide what you can do, can I go here, can I go there, and to live in segregation had a lot of deep roots in my belief system that I had to work through. When it comes to food, something I care deeply about, and nutrition and mental health, I truly believe that it's up to the individual what they consume. But here's what I do and where I can help. If you choose to ask for my help, I can guide you as a nutritional psychiatrist, as a chef, as an author, as someone who has studied nutrition to the best food for the diet that you're eating. Mm. But because I lived through being told what I needed to do based on my skin color, I will never tell you, you can't eat a food. But I will say, hey, could you eat less of this? Can we add more of that? And balance it up for you so that it's best for your mental health. Mm. But I, I, I really don't like being black and white about it, mm. um, you know, to pick on something I had to grow up living through, but also be divided because I think it's divisive and it doesn't help people. Yeah, I mean, for anything. Right, like for anything. Just, just dogmatic. Not just food. Black versus white, not just food. And yeah. being open to the Venn diagram and maybe some stuff yeah. that's in the middle, right? <laughs> you know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best and they're always at health events and people are loving them. And their quality 
Alitar Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products, GHKCU, and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alituria Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's Liver Detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trafalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula packed with antioxidants that has been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. I've seen people who eat strictly plant-based who do mm -hmm. very well. They are Lots thriving of people, some for great many years. Yep. Some great athletes yep. and people fall apart on it too. Exactly. Same with carnivore. I see the same thing. Same, same with carnivore. Yeah. Okay. So in, in, in your perspective, what is a really good plate look like? What is a really mm -hmm. good plate? What's mm -hmm. it? First of all, let's start with the basics. How should our plates look and where's the starting point? The starting point, I feel, in order to be successful, are two things. One is to understand it's a marathon, not a sprint. You're not going to eat a certain way this weekend and cure your anxiety, mm -hmm. but you are you are doing a powerful thing by looking at your plate. The second is when you look at your plate, I want a good component of that, at least at least 50%, to be your plant-based foods, your fiber-rich foods, your plants, um, beans, nuts, seeds, legumes, cruciferous vegetables, one of my favorites, mm. and really pile those up, the leafy greens, all of the stuff that people kind of roll theirs and think, oh, they're not important, but they are. Then I want you to think of your clean proteins, 
what could they be? They could be um, a steak if that's what you eat. Mm -hmm. It could be chicken. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to you and tell you to try if you can to get grass-fed, uh, pasture-raised if you can. But I'd much rather you eat a piece of chicken than a chicken nugget. The principle is eat the food, not a processed version of it. For me, it could be tofu. It could be some crispy mm -hmm. chickpeas. Um, it could be some variation. It could be tempeh. And then the other component I want you to pay attention to are your healthy fats. Because uh, your healthy fats are from avocado. They could be from, um, you know, you could, you could add that in with your salmon if you're doing that. But the, the principle is healthy fats. It could be olive oil. You will be interested to know that I didn't say you know, carbohydrates, because the vegetables are a healthy form of carbohydrates. So you covered there. Now, grains are important. It's the type of grains that we eat. The grains in <clears throat> processed slice of bread are very different from a little bit of quinoa, a little bit of barley, um, some sort of whole grain that's cooked and added to your meal. Very important for the fiber as well. Mm -hmm. So that's how I want you to think about your plate in absolute simple terms. And once we talk further, we build up on certain foods to help your condition. Mm. Powerful because <clears throat> most of our plates look like half or more of carbohydrates, yes. some sort of carbohydrates. Right. And then the rest, some protein and maybe some color in the greens as That's like right. just maybe decorations. Some, you, you, you are so correct there. Right. We, we tend to load the other way. Mm -hmm. And when you say carbohydrate, it's often the uh, things that we love, the rice, the pasta, um, you know, the, the more starchy vegetables, which certainly sometimes the way that they cook matters. Yeah. But our plates tend to be a little lopsided. So all I want us to do is let's re-envision that. Doesn't mean you can't have it, just have less of it and more of something else because then you're going to feel satiated. So then let me ask you a question. If there's a plate and I go, I'm a healthy eater, like I'm not going to eat processed foods, but 80 or 70% of my plate is this brown rice pasta or chickpea pasta, mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna have a steak or tofu mm -hmm. and some green and a little bit of greens. Mm -hmm. Is that still too much carbohydrates? So let me answer this by saying the following: It could be depending on your metabolism, and that's one of the things I talk about in Calm Your Mind with Food, because there's this there's this real interaction we understanding with research between anxiety and your metabolism. So let's take a step back for a second. The, pro the pastas that are made from chickpea or brown rice, no harm in eating them. You might want to still consume less of them because they're made with sort of processed and refined flours, but they're made to be more protein, a healthier version than just straight um, kind of, you know, the white pasta that we all eat and love. But if you have less of it and you load that up with more tomatoes, rich in lycopene, more things like spinach, more colorful veggies, pieces of chicken, whatever you like to eat your pasta with, that may be a way of still feeling satiated, but eating less of that more um, high glycemic, potentially yeah. less healthy carb. So it's not that you can't eat it. I would still want you to to monitor a little bit of where you're at with that. And we, we work with people to, to work on the portion that they can eat so that they become over time metabolically a little bit more healthy. Mm. But by filling in that plate with the colors that your body and your gut needs, the healthy fats satiating to you as well um those things you know help you help you feel less hungry mm -hmm. and also even out your blood sugar 
so that you ultimately are less anxious. Mm. Is, is, is anxiety a big piece of it being driven by metabolic dysfunction, re- unregulated blood sugar? Yes. It turns out that the brain has to interact with the metabolism of our body, right? The brain interacts with the immune system, with the endocrine system, with the autonomic nervous system, and more in dealing with metabolism. But here's something that really blew my mind. The roots of anxiety are located in similar centers in the brain where metabolism is interacting, the amygdala and the hippocampus. So it turns out that if we have an... If in, simple, in simple terms, you know it's more complicated than this, but in simple terms, if your metabolism is off, you are going to feel more anxious. And one of the ways to think about those plates of food is what's going to help my metabolism settle, improve move away from potentials for metabolic syndrome. One of the things a study showed, it was pretty, re- pretty recent in the last several years, was that most Americans are metabolically unfit, about 88% of us. It's not has less to do with weight or size of body, but actual metabolism. And so even a thin person, a slim person could be, a slender person could be less metabolically healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are things like visceral fat which are not visible but surround the organs. So these things have become important, and I've really learned to understand anxiety much more deeply through the pandemic because I saw so many people with it. We know that rates have increased tremendously post-pandemic, during and post-pandemic. In fact, Zoloft uh, went on shortage during the early part of the pandemic uh, because there were so many new prescriptions for anxiety. So it's, it's all related. Mm. And and we think about, like, we have a really sugary or high-carb, uh, you know, processed carb meal. Yeah. And we have that giant spike and we have all this energy. Yeah. And sometimes, like, our hands are shaking. We have so much energy. And that's then we right. crash so badly. Right. And it's like, that's a microcosm. Like, this doesn't happen often. But if I was to go to, like, a Sunday dinner or something and it was there... Yeah. I'm so sensitive to it that I would feel that spike. That's right. And I'm like, whoa, I'm really have all this energy. Let's go climb a mountain. Mm-hmm. And then it comes down and I'm just crashing. And it's mm-hmm. sort of like that anxious spike, depressive spike, right. anxious spike, depressed. So I can imagine if this is part of the diet, a lot of people mm-hmm. are really confusing, like, what's wrong with my brain? I'm so anxious. What's wrong with my brain? I'm so depressed. Right. Without understanding, you're just spiking and falling, spiking and falling. You are, you are so correct. They are not accounting for that metabolism part, which we now understand is so much more linked to our mm. mental well-being. So we have these up and down spikes. Fiber can be your friend because the more times you are including fiber in your meals from those plant-based foods, beans, nuts, legumes, healthy whole grains, it's going to even out the blood sugar. Mm. And that's why the idea of that pasta becomes important. Because if you're having a half or three quarters of a plate, because I've also heard people say, Dr. G, oh, this is chickpea pasta, I can have the whole box. Yeah. I've heard yeah. people say this. And, and it's, it's usually the portion is way too much for you at that one meal. But if you had less of it and added in veggies and added in protein and healthy fats, you would actually be more satiated and have your blood sugar be at an even keel. I really like how you explain that because it's exactly the thing people are missing with when they're feeling anxious. It's not, it may not be the only thing because yeah. it's not the same for every person, but it's a big driver that we have control over. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience a brew that's not only delicious, 
but it's also health focus. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best, and it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well-being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in that process is rooted in health-focused principles backed by solid scientific research-based rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity, and this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy, boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day, creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been and I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights. And these are staples. And, I, and not just me. I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle. Staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. Can I ask you, do you believe that there'll be a day where psychiatrists sit down and they say, okay, I hear you, but let's explore your metabolism. Right. Let's explore your blood sugar right. before we write this prescription. Is that ever going to happen? It's interesting, Dr. G, because, you know, we, we at the hospitals, um, 
we do lab tests for checking people's metabolism because we've known for a very long time that there are psychotropic medications, especially things like antipsychotic medications, um, that actually impair metabolism. We check the labs. We don't necessarily discuss nutrition, and it's a real gap in our overall system. I think, and I hope more of my colleagues are trying to address it, but I can't say it's happening yet. I would love to see this happen. I would love to see us if someone needs, because there are people who are that ill who need those medications. I'm not against that. I think we should. But why not do it with lifestyle measures and offer them ways to eat healthier, to exercise, to hydrate, to do things that can help them fend off that weight gain or, or deal with the side effects of those medications. Mm. It is honestly, in my opinion, the, the healthier more comprehensive way to practice psychiatry um, because I think, well, I know one of the things that drove me into pioneering this, this field of nutritional psychiatry is the fact that we were learning all these side effects and we were checking off boxes like someone's weight, calculating a BMI, but that's it. It ended there and then it was straight to, let me discuss the side effects of the medication with you and here's your prescription. Yeah. You know, I'll electronically send it to CVS and, and this is how you should take it. You know, there was a huge, and there still is a huge gap, but I, I can't blame my colleagues because we're not trained that way. For sure. It's, and that's what it is. It's, the, it's a toolkit that's given. <laughs> that's um, right. when, when someone's listening and they go, okay, um, I feel like I've eaten like this for a while. I'm trying to eat healthier. Yep. How do we know, what are the real signs physically and mentally that our metabolism is not on the right track? It's off. It's some of the stuff you and I have talked about. Um, brain fog, not being able to focus, feeling low in energy, or feeling buzzed, feeling like you, you can never relax, you can never settle down. Even when you go to bed, your mind is racing. Mm -hmm. um, it could be poor sleep. It could be a change in your appetite. Um, you know, you talk about the, the chickpea pasta. Well, you go and you make your healthy meal with the chickpea pasta, and you're like, well, I had that, but I'm still hungry. I need more. So when you notice that, you know, you need more food than you usually yeah. did a while back, and it's that's not enough to satiate you, you don't feel full, that's usually a signal that you may have developed some elements of leptin resistance, which is the hormone that controls and tells us when we are full. Um, it could be a sign, it's not the only thing, but it could be that you know, you, you're now consuming more food because your body doesn't feel satiated yeah. at that point. How do we become leptin resistant? So leptin is, is the hormone that helps to tell our bodies, tell, tell the cells in our body that we've eaten enough. So stop eating. <laughs> so when, when we do what we do, which is tend to consume the standard American diet, which is called SAD for a reason, uh, and we're eating processed, ultra-processed junk foods and fast foods and a lot of foods with a lot of sugar in them, um, our system starts, our body starts to change. We, you know, we start to develop inflammation, many things change. But one of the things that changes is our cells no longer listen to the, what the leptin is telling them. And they're yeah. like, I'm still hungry. I want more. I want more. And that's really called leptin resistance. So you eat your plate of food and you're like, hmm. I'm not hungry and you eat more stuff or you leave, you, you finish your dinner and then you have cookies, then you have ice cream, then you want popcorn, you want five other things mm -hmm. before you can settle down and maybe your big meal is lunch, maybe you fast, maybe your big meal is lunch, but you just, you can't 
get enough food and you just you're craving more. That's one of the ways that I usually pick it up when I take a history. And this could be tested on a lab if people are leptin resistant. People can speak to their doctors about the appropriate tests where they are. It's interesting. I I I heard in my head someone go, "Oh my God! I went to the restaurant. I had leptin resistance yesterday. I couldn't stop eating." You know, <laughs> right, sometimes right. it comes every Sunday. Yeah, I get exactly. a little bit of leptin resistance <laughs> when I go out with my friends. It, it, it thank you. It takes takes time to develop it. It yeah. you know you may have a little bit of it. You may. Uh, notice this about yourself, but you are correct, Dr. G. It's not a one-off thing. It's more a change in your pattern of eating, and there are tests that can be done. Um, you know, for me, it's much more of a clinical diagnosis, yeah. and it's a diagnosis of different symptoms that are going on. But if you if you are starting to wonder, you know, am I feeling a little unhealthy, or you notice that it's been harder to lose the weight, but you're still exercising. One of the things about metabolism, never assume that someone who has even a little overweight is not exercising or working for, you know, working to lose the weight or working to be healthier. Sometimes they're dealing with other things um, physically, metabolically that, you know, they, they have to deal with and they are, they are yeah. trying. So that I think is also important culturally for us to understand. Yeah, 100%. So what happens, because I know a lot of people viewing and listening, this happens to them. They eat and mm-hmm. they, you know, they, maybe they even had a healthy meal. They had a plant-based and a little yeah. bit of carbs, a lot of protein, good. They feel good. Yeah. They're like, I eat healthy. But then they, after every meal go, I need a little sweet treat. I need uh, a little chocolate yeah. or I need a little yeah. something like maybe a gummy or something. I have. What's yeah. happening in the body there? Yeah. Well, a few different things. One is, I think that there's a certain level of conditioning um, that, you know, we have a dessert after we eat. It's it's when you go to a restaurant, they always yeah. offer you the dessert menu or the dessert tray or whatever it is. Part of it is conditioning. Um, I'm not going to necessarily say that it's something that's abnormal. I think it's the choice you make. If you're eating a tub of ice cream every evening or cakes, cookies every night. I'm not saying don't have a piece of cake on your birthday. You know, if that's what you enjoy, that's your birthday. Enjoy it. I'm just wanting you not to eat that every single day. So I think A, it's conditioning. B, sometimes people just feel like, you know, I I want something now to, I've eaten my savory food and enjoyed it. Um, I, I want a little sweet. Well, there are lots of ways to do that. And you don't have to do it unhealthily. Um, you can make ice cream made from fruit like bananas, and you can even make a chocolate flavor with a dark natural cacao, which is actually great, uh, great flavonols for your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a um, a little clementine with a piece of extra dark chocolate, one of my favorite oh, yeah. things to do. And here's a tip. So it turns out that there are many, especially ch- women of childbearing age who are iron deficient in the world often gets overlooked. So they may, in fact, have a form of anemia and not know it. Well, it turns out that chocolate, extra dark natural chocolate, the cacao, contains a uh, one of the, the largest um, sources of plant-based iron, right? But here's the kicker. It's not the same as the uh, heme iron from things like beef or other meats or meats. When it's plant-based, it actually needs vitamin C to be absorbed, mm-hmm. So the clementine and the dark chocolate is, are a great treat um, in helping your iron, you know, keeping your iron levels up, good for your body anyway. If you're a woman, even more important, 
But there are ways to think out of the box to find solutions for those things we want. It doesn't have to be the very large piece of cheesecake. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, the ice cream. There are healthier ways to do this. Mm. And that's all I want people to be thinking about. I have a little confession. That question was for me, actually. <laughs> After every meal, I'm like, okay, I need you know, a little chocolate or I need a little little something to, to, you know, to nibble I on. Often, I feel like I, I grew up in a, in a family where, you know, there was always something. Yeah. It was fresh fruit or something. There was always something. Yeah. Sometimes it was ice cream. Sometimes it was cake. Yeah. So I, too, kind of look for that. And so I've had to figure out for myself, what are the ways I can do this in a better way for me? It was funny. I, I lived with this partner once and we would always have like this chocolate stacked up, you know, for like, you know, just to nibble on right. but it would be gone it'd be gone in a few days and i'm like we ain't nibbling we're That's just eating it at this eating. point so <laughs> we, we call it nibbling but so actually we're nibbling, eating the yeah. whole thing so, so, so yeah. we made a rule of heading like uh two a week uh two little small go. little bars yeah. A, yeah. but to last for the week one for her one for me right and we just went through that process but i i, I love i've actually done the clementine and the, yeah. the chocolate uh or an uh, orange just so like a few orange slices piece of orange oh my god what a mix it's 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 a combination that i really love bitter and sweet it's just that it, it, is it's delicious and sometimes for a little bit of a kicker i'll put on a, a little um pinch of like sea salt now you know? listen now now you're really shaping yeah, this up yeah. now this is this is taking it to the next level a little bit of sea salt on that i mean like so so viewers listeners try it out yeah, try it try out, it out I, just maybe see. after dinner you you looking for something this is a good one. And I'll tell you, Dr. G, sometimes as I get my, you know, when I get the eye roll, right, when I say, you can eat chocolate, but it has to be doctor. No, I like candy bars. No one likes candy bars because they're loaded with sugar, right? That's not the chocolate we're talking about. But as I get my patients to try extra dark natural chocolate, one of the things that's really encouraging, and they come back and say a month or two later, you know, I started it. I didn't like it at first. And there are others who like dark chocolate and it's easier for them. But those who are not used to dark chocolate will say, you know, I tried it. And what I notice now, Dr. Uma, is I have a square of dark chocolate, a small square, that clementine or piece of orange or however they pair it up, maybe it's blueberries, and I feel really good. And I no longer want to eat the whole bar. Mm. And I share it and I actually get that and I savor it throughout the week and I enjoy it. So it's almost as though, you know, our palate changes, our taste changes, all of that. And if they ever do get a candy from their kids or it's Halloween or something, they, they actually don't like that chocolate anymore yeah. that they were eating. Same. That's how I feel. Yeah. Uh, I can have like dark chocolate, good quality. Yeah. But I can't have like a Snickers or a Mars. It's, it's or, so or sweet. It's too you. much. It, it, like it, it's so sweet. Yeah. Um, there are benefits to our mental health. For eating dark chocolate, yes, and 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 what what are they and why? Great question. So, extra dark natural chocolate contains cacao. Um, it also is a probiotic because it's how cacao is processed to make chocolate. Um, it's so it's a fermented product. It has things like magnesium. It has serotonin in it, and it has these very rich cacao flavonols. So, and then it's that source of iron that we, plant-based source of iron that we mentioned. All of those help anxiety. And we know that eating things that are fermented, we know that these foods that have probiotics are great for our gut. So you're doing your body a lot of good and you're hitting a lot of high notes and different nutrients that you're getting. Um, and that's why we talk about that extra dark natural chocolate. Yeah. That can help you. So I say to people who come in feeling like, oh, well, you know, I know you're going to tell me I can never eat cake yeah. or whatever it is. 
But, you know, there are options that you can get used to. And I promise you, try this out for a couple of months and you won't want to eat the Snickers bar because it will be so sweet to your, to your taste receptors that you'll feel, I can't eat this, yeah. you know. And when that happens, uh, it doesn't happen to everyone, but when it happens, it's a very big kind of marker of that adaptation that their body has undertaken. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. You mentioned uh, fiber a little yeah. bit earlier on. And we were talking about gut brain and brain connection. Yeah. I know it seems to me that there's like new studies coming out every week mm -hmm. on gut brain connection. Yeah. And I haven't really talked about it much on the show for a while. Mm -hmm. But is there any really powerful stuff that, it, that that is being revealed even more so that holy moly, like the microbiome, the connection to our brain mm -hmm. is imperative and we have to optimize it. And if so, how do we optimize it? I, I'd love to tell you about the study. It's in a different condition, and I mostly covered in covered a lot of this in book one in my mm -hmm. in my book called "This Is Your Brain on Food." But I I always shared because it was really uncovering very powerful research that shocked me, even as a practicing psychiatrist of close to two decades. In my a chapter that I wrote about schizophrenia, which is one of the most serious mental health conditions, um, usually requires medication treatment. Sometimes people have relapses and get so sick they need to be in the hospital. Um, but it's a serious mental health condition. Um, but there are also individuals who can function and don't need that level of care, but they may still need the medications because they may have active psychotic symptoms, etc. In the study, Dr. G., it, they removed the microbiome from individuals with when humans with diagnosed schizophrenia. And they took some of the microbiome in a fecal transplant and they placed it in germ-free mice. So germ-free mice have never been exposed to any microbes. They raised in a lab and it is an animal study. But the symptoms that these individuals had of schizophrenia were active. When they put their microbiome into the mice, over time, those mice develop symptoms of schizophrenia. I think what was so powerful about that is, A, I think the, the experiment was conducted very well. And B, it tells us how powerful that microbiome is, that it could actually create the same symptoms in a different organ, uh, organism or different, uh, in an animal from human to an animal. And, you know, it was mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Because I've seen and treated these conditions in humans and I realized, wow, if that is the power of the microbiome yeah. in a serious condition, there must be a way that we can use this to harness its power to help us with conditions that almost everyone is experiencing these days, a low mood, anxiety, you know, traumatized from something, all of the stuff that is so critical in mental health. Yeah. Why not use that power to help ourselves every day? Now let's chat about something crucial, that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products, as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s, and, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there, and a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with Omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code 
and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or on your counter and you can see the results for this quality testing. Pure's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Pure is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Puri.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Puri. These days... These days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha, or coffee, or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system, the EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently, and the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up, so easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash drg they're so confident that you're going to love it there's even a 30-day money-back guarantee no code at checkout just go to p-i-q-u-e-l-i-f-e.com slash drg you're going to get 15 percent off plus all those freebies yeah and 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 we can so what is your favorite ways to really target the optimization of our gut microbiome in order for us to feel better mentally healthy. I mean, the schizophrenia piece was crazy. So yeah. do we have that much power in, in influencing the health of our microbiome? We do. Uh, we do certainly by food. We've touched a little bit on that and I'll come back to that. But the other thing that impacts our microbiome is things like stress. If you fight with um, you know, a partner, you have a difficult day at work, you're stressed about a certain situation, maybe it's your kids, whatever it might be. We know that emotional stress gets translated directly to those microbes and they start to react to it. So stress is a big factor. And I think us just learning to manage our stress is important. Um, but another thing is how we're eating. So if we are only going to the fast food restaurants and eating those unhealthy foods and eating the processed, ultra-processed foods and tons of the sugar, you know, the bad microbes thrive. And when they thrive, they overcome the good microbes and they take over the microbiome. And that's when you get dysbiosis over time, a leaky gut over yeah. time. But that's also when I see an uptick of mental health symptoms. People get more anxious. People who were previously doing well suddenly are feeling more depressed, brain fog, lack of focus. So it becomes, um, it, it's all interconnected. So for the health of the microbiome, managing our stress, having a daily practice like a meditation or mindfulness, whatever that means for you, um, you know, making sure that you exercise, hydrating enough, um, sleeping well, 
all of this, managing all of these things becomes important. But for your food, one of the best things you can do is lean into the fiber. Leaning into fiber means you're feeding those gut microbes and also the different colors in the plants that we talk about, the bright colors that you referred to on the plate. One of the reasons we should be eating them is the plant polyphenols from these different foods actually nurture the microbes. Mm. And what are the microbes doing? One of the things they're doing down there in our microbiome is there are trillions of them, but there's also 90 to 95% of things like serotonin and serotonin receptors in the gut. So as they're working away to manufacture and help with serotonin production, they are making breakdown products which help those neurotransmitters get to the brain. Mm. So it's things... You know, when you break it down to that level, you realize, well, it, it's a little bit more important why we should be eating fiber, why we should be nurturing the microbiome. And when you say 95% of the receptors, so so essentially you're saying the state of our gut is closely mirroring and mimicking the state of our mental health? It It is. the And the way to think about it is um, sort of like a something that I say all the time is a happy gut is a happy mood and anxious gut is a worried mood. So so those the way that the microbes are responding is definitely impacting your mental health. But I think if anything, I want people to know that they can intervene by how they eat. Um, but if they're developing more and more of an unhealthy gut, then they're going to have an uptick of these symptoms. I got a crazy question that just came up when you're talking about this now. If someone has a a, we won't even say a food allergy, just an intolerance. Yeah. If they just know they can't eat that food. Mm -hmm. Is it more because of a imbalanced gut or is it more genetically hmm. that their body doesn't want to eat it? You know, this is, that's an interesting question. My understanding from functional gastroenterology is that um, a lot of those, say, food intolerances, not, not a full-blown allergy where, you know, you can die from the allergy. Right. That's very serious. You know, and I know that's different. But it could be that there's dysbiosis and some of what needs to happen is to heal your gut, work with the right practitioner to eat differently, to work on a holistic and integrated method to, to, to really help heal your gut. And maybe those symptoms will, will get better and you'll be able to eat that food. Mm -hmm. But there are also individuals practitioners who can do genetic testing and test to see what it is that's going on with you that could be needed. Um, so I've seen a little bit of both, but I think for me, because I do believe that many of us are just walking around with dysbiosis, that one way to think about it is try working with the clinician who can help with your gut healing and see if, if I've, I've heard uh, this can be successful. I've yeah. been able to get people to say eat legumes um, months later after working on um, gut healing. Also have individuals who eat something as a child and they come to me um, and say, as an adult, I can no longer eat, yeah. you know, the legumes that my mom would feed me and I, I don't know what's going on with me. So sometimes that, you know, can be corrected over time. Do you think that a lot of these intolerances that we see are mostly the dysbiosis or is there a role with pesticides? I think it's all connected. I think it's the pesticides in our food. I think it's environmental toxins. You and I talked about mold earlier. Um, it's many, many different things. It's pollution. It's, it's everything that our body as an organism, as a whole organism, is being exposed to. Yeah. So I think that... Um, 
for me, you know, I think an easy way to get started is to see what can we do with the gut microbiome. And we know that the gut and brain are connected. So the field that I practice in, in nutritional psychiatry, by using the gut as one of the mechanisms, it's an easy way to get to work with someone and improve their mental health over time. Mm-hmm. But I think there are many different causes that impact um, impact our, the changes that we experience. Yeah. And, I, and like when I used to be in practice and work with helping people, you know, really healing the gut, one of the big things was, hey, let's be more aware of like yeah. what's putting in while we're healing. Right. We want to make sure we're not putting any more fires in there while right. we're putting out the big forest fires, you know? Correct. Really important, that, that yeah. inflammation piece. How big, how big of a role is sugar in the imbalancing of our gut? Does it imbalance our gut if we have, you know, too much sugar in a day? Yeah. So, so we firstly wanted once want to differentiate between because um, I get this question all the time on on social media. We want to understand the types of ways that we consume sugar. Eating a candy bar is very different from an apple, and I don't mean the candy apple. I mean it just mm-hmm. an apple. Um, another another thing is eating berries. Yes, it has sugar in it, but it's a healthier form of sugar. And with fruit, you want to stay within a couple of servings a day and eat the whole fruit. Um, because those are just, that's, and, and frozen is fine because flash frozen fruit don't have anything added and always read the label to see there's no added sugar. But unfortunately, when we have too much of the unhealthy refined sugars, they impact neurons directly over time. And I think that that's something people don't realize. Um, the other thing that happens is sugar drives cravings. And there's a lot of science behind cravings and different information but one of the things I see in my practice is people get hooked on it. And then we know from, from research that sugar, you know, taps into the same receptors and the dopamine reward system as things like cocaine. So when someone comes in and tells me I'm addicted to sugar, I actually pay attention because they're noticing something about their craving for sugar that they want to start changing. So there's the science behind that, but also I think that people people don't think or realize that they think, well, if I eat too much sugar, I'm going to gain weight. Yes, probably, but you know, it's also going to affect your brain, yeah. and it's going to affect your mental health. Yeah, a lot of people have the sugar addiction without even knowing it. Not knowing, right? They're just it, it, because it can. It doesn't have to look like you're eating candy all the time. Mm-hmm. It could just look like you want to eat white bread and pasta all the time. Because and all of those convert. carbohydrate That's heavy. Right. Yeah, right. so it's we we want we want to think about like how we're affecting ourselves, but um, when we think about the gut microbiome, mm. I remember being worried about like just some people are predisposed to this overgrowth of yeast. Yes, and that yeast yes. loves sugar. The candida L- yeast loves yes. sugar. Loves sugar. Big yeah. and dis- very opportunistic organism mm-hmm. that'll mm-hmm. grow, especially when your immune system mm-hmm. and your microbiome, the good healthy bacteria, are just kind of struggling. Mm-hmm. So. You know, for people out there, like, do do you have those symptoms of candida, right? Like right. the brain fog, the bloating, yes. the itching, the fatigue, right. sometimes even muscle joint pain. It's right. It's really diffuse in the symptoms. Mm-hmm. So I find that people who kind of like cut down on the sugar, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're like getting really anxious because they're having the withdrawals. Right. And and we can go through these withdrawals. It's um, you, you, I've seen it happen. Yeah. You've seen it happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do the withdrawals look like? Like they they like sugar seeking behavior, but any physical expression of it? People can feel uncomfortable. They can have uh, feel like their pulse is high, or they have an elevated heart rate. They can feel irritable. 
yeah. moody, um, you know, uh, it, almost physiologically feeling like they, they, they're missing something in their body. Right. And so the realistic, uh, realistic way to really handle this, if I have someone, and I've had people who come in and they're drinking um, six to eight cans of soda a day, so they don't drink water, but they drink soda for, with everything. And I literally have to think about it, believe it or not, like I do an alcohol withdrawal protocol in the hospital. So if you're treating um, someone in a detoxification center or in the hospital, say in the emergency room, and they're consuming a certain amount of alcohol, you very carefully have to monitor their symptoms. In that instance, offer them medication, wean them slowly off the, off the alcohol, offer them certain B vitamins um, and f which they need like thiamine and folate. Believe it or not, when someone is consuming that amount of sugar um, through things like soda, I actually start to wean them from, say, eight cans, let's go to six cans, uh -huh. let's substitute the other two with water, and let's put in berries and fruit and citrus to make it interesting to you because they're so used to the sugar that drinking water is boring. Um, so I actually have to bring them down slowly. I don't ever say to them from, from eight cans, go to zero, because then they will actively go into withdrawal. Mm. Um, but some people try it on their own, and then they can they can feel quite uncomfortable. And, and I think a lot of us don't realize that, like, sugar builds up. You know, I, I, I was, I forgot what Instagram post I watched, but someone was talking about a plate, right? Mm -hmm. And they go, okay, this is a kid's meal. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to put this here. Yeah. Oh, that's nine grams of sugar. And then a okay. kid's going to have a yogurt here. That's 11 grams of sugar. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being like 55, 60 grams of sugar in one sitting for a child. So I don't think we realize that there's hidden sugars that are also in our meals, added sugars, as you mentioned. Yes. Um, so we think we're eating healthy, but a lot of these healthy foods have these hidden sugars. And then when we bring that to our awareness and then we go, oh, then I'm just going to move away from that. There's still some sort of withdrawal yes. symptoms. For someone who's struggling with skin, like eczema, psoriasis, mm -hmm. acne, mm -hmm. could there be a sugar component for that? There could be a sugar component. It's most, but a lot of the time, I feel like the first link I want to find is to the gut because I found that by, and it could be sugar, that's an issue for them, that by working on gut healing, the skin conditions will heal. Mm. Sometimes it'll be joint pain that heals. Um, but sugar's definitely involved because, you know, when we go back to what we said earlier, sugar's helping those bad microbes thrive. And when they thrive, they're just going to wreak havoc. They're going to, whether it's a can candida, whatever it is, they're just going to wreak havoc. So when they take over, it's it's not a good, it's not good for our bodies. Mm -hmm. and, and like you said, that worried gut, we're mimicking it as worried people. I actually so, have been thinking a lot about this lately because I've been yeah. in nature. Yeah. And, you know, when was it? Yesterday, I sat on a rock and I closed my eyes and I meditated. Yeah. And I was asking the nature around me for answers, right? Mm -hmm. I love that. And I kept getting this. Yeah. The the gut is the soil. Mm. The soil of nature is mm. is is our gut. Yeah. We're just a microcosm but connected fully. So the soil <laughs> of nature. Yeah. So now we're thinking about how do we treat our soil in mm -hmm. nature? Mm -hmm. And and then it hit me, I'm like, it's been degraded for so many years. Yeah. We've sort of adulterated our so soil, mm. stripped it of its nutrients. Mm. And our gut suffering only because it's mimicking American mm. nature. Listen, I don't know. Maybe maybe I was just getting weird downloads, but <laughs> but it, for me, it made yeah. a lot of really good sense. Yeah. So that's it's about reestablishing the importance of the soil, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. having food grown in good soil and mm-hmm. then eating that food. Yes. That's a big part of ha- yes. having it. Are you a fan of uh, like the farmer's markets or is this is this better than just going to like Whole Foods? You know, I when I have access, um, I try to use farmers markets. I try to use uh, CSAs, mm-hmm. uh, farms that grow foods locally near me, um, that will offer delivery. Or sometimes you they put you know you put your order together and you can pick it up. I encourage people to do that. A, it's supporting your local farmers, and they are trying to do good practice with, you know, whatever they're doing with their soil, but. Yeah. Uh, organic farming practices and farmers markets. I mean, a good ideas. But that being said, going back to my position on uh, equity and having autonomy, sometimes people only have access to a certain supermarket. Yeah. And so, what can I buy in a less fancy supermarket than some others that is still healthy for my kids? So I feel like having the spectrum of options for people is important. Um, personally, if I go to a supermarket, I, I try to get organic. Uh, and sometimes I, you know, um, uh, I don't always have access to a farmer's market depending on where I am. So I think these things are important options for people to have. Mm. Yeah. And, and look, you're in New York. You live in New York? Uh, part-time, yeah. Okay, part-time. part-time so we know c- come winter that Union Square Market is closed it's, up. That's is, correct. Right, it's, right? It's, so it's, it's gone. No one's going you know, there. So, so you're taking advantage of the cold, CSAs right. and things like that. Correct. We're lucky out here in California. We got them all year round. Yes. And we have some fantastic food markets. But one thing that I do is I I, I see like the the sign. I don't see a USDA organic label. So I say, hey, you you know, do you guys grow your your produce organic? Now, I'll get one of two energies (laughs) behind the answer. Some people be like, absolutely. And here's how long we've been doing it. And here's what we use. And here's why we love our Mm -hmm. produce. And Mm -hmm. and we give back. And I was like, gotcha. That's truly. Okay. Then some people are like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We try to be organic. You right, know? right, right. And I'm like, oh, huh, okay, that, you ain't organic. You know, you don't even try. Yes. So this is the yes, way to tell. That when they're doing yeah. organic practices they but know. can't get the yeah. label, they are mm. on it. Mm-hmm. And and just ask your farmer. Yeah. But I find I like farmer's that. market food is, and maybe I'm just sensitive to this, more alive. Mm-hmm. Even if the blackberries from the farmer's market yeah. are the, like, you know, the say I get I get a, a couple blackberries from there, one from Whole Foods. Yeah, they taste different. They're more they alive. They have more different. life energy. I, you are you are correct about that. I um, have really loved the fact that I could I found a CSA this the the past couple of years, and um, what I find is, I get my little delivery, um, and the food, the vegetables specifically taste delicious, like the grape tomatoes. Even the lettuce, everything just tastes different. And mm. what I notice is even if I'm storing it appropriately, if I'm not using it after a few days, it starts to go bad. Yeah. And that was mind-blowing to me because, you know, I could probably have had broccoli, which I love, from the supermarket for a few weeks in the fridge. And I don't really think about it. I know it's not, it's not fresh like when I bought it, but what is that really telling me? Yeah. So I think that even with healthy foods that I love and enjoy... It makes a very big difference to the flavor, the taste, the freshness to get it that way because it's 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 closer to when it actually was grown yeah. and delivered to you. So when you can. The best wait. salad I've ever had was I was just telling this story today. That's crazy. Uh I was at my friend's house in San Diego. Yeah. And we came back from something and she goes, Oh, I'm gonna make us a salad. I go, Great. 
and I wanted to help, so I opened the fridge. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. I looked at it and I'm like, oh, you don't even have anything. You don't have greens. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you forgot. No, Christian, I have the garden up there. I said, oh, the garden, that's right. She goes up 15 minutes later, comes back down 10 minutes later, has a bunch of all of these greens, strawberries, romaine. Amazing, it was, amazing. It, within eight, eight minutes of her coming down, she yeah. makes me a salad. Wow. And I and I sit down and I eat it. And it was just picked probably less than an hour ago. Yeah, yeah. To date, I've never felt this energy flowing from my yes. feet to my knees to my whole body. Delicious, it felt yeah. like I was in another country. Isn't yeah. that sad that we have to say I'm in another country eating food? I, you know, I, I, I that is such an interesting experience. And it is sad that we have to say we're in another country and yet we live in a country which is so abundant in food. Right. And as you know, we do have hunger, but it's less than other countries. Um, but it's so true. You know, I, I especially notice that other members of my family will say, oh, these tomatoes are different from what I had last week. Because last week I might have had to get it from the supermarket. Right. And this week I'm back and I get my CSA delivery. And they'll be like, these are delicious. These tomatoes are so sweet. Did you did you add sugar to them? Obviously I didn't, but, you know, that kind of stuff because they're so juicy and they're so delicious and they're so fresh. And I've also had that when I invite people over and I've made the salad using the greens or whatever. And people, they may not uh, describe it as eloquently as you did with that energy feeling, but, oh, this is delicious. I Salad in the restaurant never tastes this way. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think this, I, I think the more we become aware and the more we think out of the box about what, what our specific options are and try them, mm-hmm. I think that we can, we can heal ourselves with food, um, and we can tap into calming our mind because we've we've become an anxious nation. And I think I, I think that we need to empower ourselves mm-hmm. with the food decisions we make. Mm-hmm. And it stuck with me when you said worried gut or your yes. gut that is anxious, you're gonna be anxious, you're yeah. gonna be worried. It just yes. it's so closely mirrored. But the 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 take home for that is hey, go support your farmers market. I mean yes. If you're going to spend all this money at Whole Foods or even Sprouts, it's going to be comparable, maybe a little cheaper some, a little more expensive some. But at the end of the day, you know, you're going to be supporting your farmer. And for the most part, it's going to be so fresh that it's going to be going bad pretty quick. So make sure you eat it fast too. That's right. So you you are pressed to use it in that week or whatever it is and and enjoy. So before we wrap up, I I, I know that you are so passionate about cooking and chefing. (laughs) What are some, for for someone like me, who who likes to eat but doesn't love cooking. Right. Uh, what are some fundamental rules mm-hmm. on combinations, on flavors, on spices? Mm-hmm. How do I make myself become a chef that goes, okay, I know how to make healthy food, but I know how to make it good? I think one of the secrets is building up your spice cabinet. Um, because spices, if you just buy pure spice, and again, you can get these organic at good supermarkets, um, build up on a repertoire of spices you like and make sure it's the pure spice. Blends might have added salt, which you don't need. Um, So read what's in the blend before you buy it or just buy the pure spices, but go with the flavor profile that you like. For some, it might be Mexican. For someone else, it might be Italian. For me, it would be, you know, tapping into Indian and South Asian flavors. Um, that's a good start because with spices, you can flavor up whatever you're cooking from eggs to a salad, to a piece of tofu, to anything that you're making, to a steak, whatever it is. Another another uh, good tip is go simple. Um, rely on the flavors and even fresh herbs, things like garlic, if you eat garlic, and I love garlic, onions, things like that, which not only are rich prebiotics, um, easy to use, and you can make a simple recipe 
with some fresh herbs, some garlic and salt mm. and pepper. So start with simple profiles that are not overwhelming. For example, if I said to you, here's my grandmother's recipe for an Indian curry, there are lots of steps to it. And I, trust me, if, if we worked together and we figured out the cooking thing, it would be fine. But it's overwhelming to read 15 spices in a recipe. So start slow, um, go with flavors you like, go with simple recipes, whether it's your salads, your steaks, your tofu, your tempeh, whatever it is. And I promise you just simple steps, simple ingredients will make it work for you. I love that. Build up the spice cabinets. Um, let's say someone who's listening, you know, they're like, oh, I don't really cook like me. Uh, <laughs> what spice, what are the top four spices that I need to have in there that are like best bang for the buck, right. flavorful, and like this is, these are the ones. Right. So I'm going to start with herbs because easy to get, easy, especially yeah. in California for us to get herbs, um, garlic, you know, onions, scallions, those, the, that type of family. Easy way to flavor up food that way. In terms of your spice cabinet, I would go with my favorites, which are turmeric with a pinch of black pepper. Uh, the black pepper improves the absorption of curcumin in turmeric by about 2,000%. Easy hack to do. Um, you can use it in a soup, a smoothie, a tea, in your eggs, wherever it is, tofu, whatever you're cooking. Um, another one that I like is uh, is chili. So I go with capsaicin from the chili because I like spicy food. But if that's not for you, go with paprika, which is made from red peppers. Also great, uh, a good good flavor profile there. And then I like to mix it up a little bit. I like to go with things like um, oregano because I can then vary from more of a pure Indian stream flavor into other things yeah. that I uh, enjoy as well. And the other one that I like is, believe it or not, peppermint. And I like peppermint because, A, I can make a peppermint tea, and peppermint um, has luteolin, which helps brain fog. So just it's a pick-me-up, yeah. you know, in the evening, in the afternoon, just to give me a little bit of energy. I know that that's going to be um, something I can both cook with, and I can add it to salads, I can add it to stir-fries. Um, but it's, it's just something to think about. So it's a very, very different spices. But if I were to cook... Um, only sort of South Asian cuisine, I'd go with coriander, cumin, chili, and turmeric. If I were to cook Italian food, I'd go with um, oregano, uh, basil, fresh or dried, um, garlic, onions. You know, so, so think maybe about where you want to start with the type of food you want to cook and build out like four, even four or five spices in that realm. And remember, you always need salt for your food. Um, my preference is kosher salt because it's more pure and just a sprinkle of that. You got my mouth watering right now. I'm thinking about all the flavors. That you can make. <laughs> and, and, and I can make now. Now I'm so inspired. It, it's... <laughs> I, I have so many of these spices, yeah. and then when I'm ready to use them, it says, like, expired 2021. I'm like, ah, no. So <laughs> now you got me inspired to really re-up yeah. them. I love them, and 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 these are all anti-inflammatory herbs. Yes. Some of them are antimicrobial. Some of them are just feeding the gut, like yes. amazing stuff. Yes. A capsaicin has been one of my favorite overall just medicinal remedies for yes. so, so much. It does so many things. It does so many things. So, like, if you have a plate, Try to spice it up. Doesn't mm -hmm. have to be spicy. Like, ooh, it's it doesn't too hot. Doesn't have to hot. be hot. It yeah. just be talking about flavor. Make it flavorful this, yeah. and use and mix it up. Play yes. around. Um, listen, some of the viewers and listeners are way better cooks than me, yes. so I'm over yes. here preaching to the choir. <laughs> but for those of you out there, start it up. It's going to be really beneficial mm -hmm. to you. Look, 
maybe for the third time, we got a whole nother for your next book because you're, you're popping them out like crazy. <laughs> I love this. But these books that you're putting out are so, so important. Thank you. This book coming out. What's the name of it? Calm Your Mind with Food. And when's it come out? It's coming out December 26th of this year, 2023. Um, it's also being released at other times internationally, but for the U.S. market, it comes out very soon. And uh, it's really meant to be your guide to calm your mind using a holistic and integrated yeah. approach from a protocol to grocery list to recipes. But first I lay down kind of the science of why are you feeling this way? Mm -hmm. And I want people, uh, Dr. G, to, to think of anxiety as something they harness to empower themselves rather than something that they're afraid of. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that that's also a way for us to be autonomous and feel we have control over what's happening. I love that you're saying this. And, and I love this book coming out because you're talking about calming the mind. And two of the biggest things that I find in my work after all these years yeah. that are driving disruption of mental health are the repressed emotions, which is the stuff I love talking yeah, about, yeah. and disruption from the food, foods that your body mm -hmm, is not mm -hmm. liking, foods that your gut is not liking. Yeah. So you are highlighting such an important pillar. Here are the foods that are causing so much in your body, right? I've yeah. seen people come to me with emotional stuff, but their gut is just off. And we right. hear the gut and they're like, right. oh, I've always, I'm pretty centered now. Right. And I've gone through that process where I know I'm eating healthy foods. My gut is happy. It's balanced. My yeah. mind is better and mm -hmm. I'm more parasympathetic. Mm -hmm, I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not sweating. I'm not like yeah, anxious. No yeah. Ah, yeah. So this is the real stuff. I want everyone to get that book as soon as it comes out. But you, thank you for putting your heart out, thank your you. workout, giving it to the people. Uh, you, you know, you, you came here for the second time. I can't wait for the third. Uh, and I just appreciate your work so much. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. G. It's always lovely to talk with you. Um, well, some of the feedback I've heard about the book and I've I thank you for appreciating the work, is that people are looking for solutions for anxiety on the internet, on social media and places, and they're finding it very hard to distill the information. So I'm hoping that what this book will do is put it with the research in one place for you mm -hmm. so that you can share it with your family, your friends, use it yourself, because I think all of us have just struggled more with anxiety especially post-pandemic. Yeah, and if it's like your first one, it will. I, I, I believe in it. Thank you. So awesome stuff. Thank you for coming, and we'll see you again for the third one maybe next year. Definitely. Thanks, Dr. Uh, G. You're welcome.